morning, guys. I'm so glad to have, uh, we got a, a real mixed room this morning. I don't mean that anybody here is mixed up more than me, but um, I'm glad to see people in the room. And you know, I want to let people know that we're aiming sort of for August to kind of go back to our buffet format. So we're looking at the fall as a more of a return to normal. But in the meantime, I appreciate you spacing out sort of one per table. And um, as we, food arrives here in the room, I think Steve will probably bring it around. You're getting tables this morning. Don't get spoiled. Used to it. It's going to go away hopefully in <laughs> August, and we'll be back to uh, self serve and all the bacon you can get on. So, could we just kick off here with a word of prayer? Dear Lord, thank you for waking us up early and bringing us together to a place that is safe for us to worship you and be connected to each other and to see how. You're moving in our midst. Help us hear these men this morning about how their journey is impacted by this church, how they are walking their walk, and how their walk is impacting others. Thank you so much for giving us. Be nourished by body, by mind, by soul, in a place that we get to know each other better. Amen. So um, I will uh, start by introducing our moderator. We may try other panel discussions if we can get the electronics right. And um, so I appreciate everybody being flexible this morning. As Steve comes in, with food, please, you know, just flag him down if he somehow missed. He is managing to run a whole restaurant by himself. And, you know, you'd normally have 20 people in here trying to keep us out of trouble. And instead, we got like one or two. So um, afterwards, make it a point to say something. He drives over from Lawrenceville, probably got up at three o'clock this morning so he could come over here and make breakfast. And so uh, every time I, when I show up here and I see his car in the parking lot, I'm because if he weren't here, uh, I would be in a world of hurt. And so uh, taking a moment afterwards to see. Um, you have before you um, folks that have all experienced the Dodd in one way, shape, or form. And at the end of the table is Trip Anderson. I'm going to introduce him by saying there are two Georgia Southern graduates in today's panel. One of them is at that end of the table, and one of them is online. And I just lost uh, Kyle on the schedule on the screen. I'll figure that out. Um, and Trip is going to take a minute to sort of introduce himself and our panelists. And our goal today is to have another kind of experience as to what goes on in the Dodd before, after, before you're, you know, after you leave the Dodd, what happened? Um, you guys are welcome to talk about AYL. I know that just happened. It's fresh in your mind. And hopefully these guys all interacted with AYL. And so that will be, but thank you again for being trip. I turn it over to you. Off on uh, you want me to, um, he's, he's on, he's just oh, hitting. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, if you haven't met pandemic, so we've been, Cushioned out over there. Um, I agree. Yeah, can y'all hear me yeah. at all? Yeah, it's all good. Yeah, he, yeah. I'm sorry. Are you having a problem hearing the trip? He gave me up. I just thought it was low. Speak yeah. up. He's a little quiet. I always have to bump him next time. Yeah, um, so this is a part of my foundation in this year. Uh, I had a lot with my foundation where I, I have friends panel um, that have been a part of these groups. It has been incredible. Right. To come full circle, staff, and to realize how much of a turn I was to be able to teach some of those same students. Um, so it comes to bite you in the butt. And so I'm very thankful for all of the leaders and mentors that have paired me. It's thought it'd be good and appropriate maybe to go around um, each other, say, and we're basically your partner. And what are you doing now? Where's your life at now? Do I remember? <laughs> Uh, there was some debate as to whether or not I would remember when I was in the youth group. Uh, it was quite a while ago, probably 11 or 12 years at this point. Um, and I have stayed connected in, in terms of teaching and having small groups. I've had one small group of students uh, come up and graduate, and they are currently graduating college right now. Uh, 
so that's pretty exciting to watch and still keep up with uh, quite a few of them and uh, got uh, roped into another group which are currently juniors in high school and they are uh, they are as Tripp said I'm learning a lot about how I was uh, when I was there but uh, my name is Jesse I don't know if I started with that but uh, like I said I was in the youth group probably 11 or 12 years ago uh, came through there are people in this room who were part of that journey and that was uh, really formative for me and that valuable experience led me to want to uh, help create that experience for others and uh, just the importance of that teaching is something that we are now. Thank you, Jesse. Good morning, everybody. My name is Chad Miller. I am a Roswell student graduate, um, but I didn't come back. So I graduated with Trip when we went through middle and high school together. We were in that same group with some small group leaders that might be back in the room um, that we stayed in a lot of trouble but we we had a lot of action in the youth group and it was a lot of fun we we learned a lot we grew uh, very much spiritually and just as a, a community it was an incredible experience um, i started coming when i was in seventh grade or at the end of sixth grade seventh grade only because of a, a weird feeling that i just want to go to church i want to get involved uh, my parents they were the christmas and easter church attenders sometimes if they felt like it um, nothing against the church, it was a busy family. So um, I got involved in middle school, met Tripp. Um, he's still about the same size as he was back then. <laughs> the same hairline. Um, no, but, but we're, I would, I would venture out to say we're best friends and we do go back and forth a lot with each other, but it's a huge thing. I'm so proud of him for where he's at in the church now and experiences. And I'm so grateful for leaders that have been involved in both of our lives growing up through. So, Currently, I, I graduated high school, um, which is awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Big accomplishment. Um, <laughs> graduated high school, um, got on with the fire department straight out of high school, stayed involved somehow with the youth group. Jason came up to me and said, hey, would you be interested in having a group of sixth grade boys? And I said, well, I'll have to think about it. I'll pray about it and, uh, and let you know. So little 18-year-old, 19-year-old Chad is over here praying about leading a group of sixth grade boys, and I was hesitant to say the least. So long story short, I ended up taking on this group of sixth grade boys, and now they're current seniors in high school. So it's a, it's an incredible journey to see them grow up just as we have. So I'm grateful for grateful for you, grateful for everybody that's been involved in my Charlie. All right. I'm Charlie Rogers, and I've been at RMC, I think, since I first started breathing. My parents have been around for here for probably at least 40 years, I think, at this point. Um, so I grew up going to um, all the programs here, starting with, you know, children's ministry, obviously, got involved uh, there, you know, regular attender. Also, you know, musical, if you know my mom, Cheryl, then uh, you know, there's a little bit of music in me. So, you know, growing up through all the different choir programs and music programs here, but you know, got involved with Roswell Student Ministries from the very beginning in uh, sixth grade and stayed all the way through, graduated in 2015, so the year after uh, Chad and Tripp over here. Um, and I've since, you know, been around REMC. Um, often you don't, hopefully you don't see me because I like to stay behind the scenes and out of sight, out of mind, uh, behind an audio console or doing something with audiovisual needs. But even uh, this, this past year, uh, Tripp and, and Jason and Youth Ministry kind of got me involved with uh, leading a small group now with my buddy Alec. Uh, my, my, you guys might know Charlie Dino, his son. Uh, we, so we're now leading a group of ninth grade boys, uh, probably the best 
well, most well-behaved boys you've ever seen, especially for ninth graders. And so I'm not getting a taste of my own medicine because they are just uh, most pleasant, pleasant young guys. Uh, which Jason told me, he said, I promise you, if you come lead this group, I will give you the most well-behaved group. <laughs> You'll just come do it. I'm glad I did. It's, it's really uh, nice to see and feels good to be able to give back and uh, a ministry program that meant so much to me. There's so many uh, men in this room that I'm looking out at and, and saw on Zoom that poured into me. Uh, thinking back to even like the first, maybe might have been Bob Dickens when I was, man, somewhere in elementary school. He took me up and started giving me on lights, training me in the sanctuary, probably at age, I don't know, Bob, age eight or something like that. Yeah, uh, something like that. Yeah, so a lot of men in here have poured into me, and I'm so appreciative for that. Um, I want to be able to do that for some other guys. And so uh, this, this youth ministry is important. I mean, it's arguably Jason Tripp and Sarah running one of the most important ministries of the church because it's the future generation, right? So I think it's important that we all um, give our talents and time and, and resources to help them out and uh, to you know make the next generation of leaders in our church. Um, hi, everybody. My name is Noah, um, Noah Schutte, and I have been a member of this church also since I've known how to breathe. Um, my mother is Stephanie Schutte, father is Jamie Schutte, so they've both been. My father is a Sunday school leader, mother's a Sunday school leader here at KidZone, um, and so I've just always loved church. I've always been involved in it. Um, so since third grade, I was up doing worship team up there, um, inviting others into that. Then I had an, I have an older sister who went to the Dodd first and I was like, whoa, they have games there. That's pretty cool. Um, hey, Audrey, can I, you want to sneak me in please? And so my fifth grade year, occasionally I'll get, I'll be able to sneak into the Dodd for cafe, um, and that's where I started really like going deeper into my faith because it's, you know, more than just the songs and more than just the, excuse me, sorry, the stories of it. Um, and so I really was able to find, you know, who I want to be and who I was um, there. And so I go into the Dodd, I'm going through, you know, the craziest years of sixth and seventh grade with Chad being my D group leader. Um, bless his heart, honestly. <laughs> but... Um, it was through there and it's just through mentors of both Chad and Alex and through, you know, the AV team, the audio and visual with Bobby and Charlie and everyone there. Um, and so it's having, you know, this community of faith with me that's been leading me up and really showing me, you know, who I can become as a, you know, a child of God. And so that's where I've been at so far. Um, so I'm currently a senior at Russell High School. I'm going to be going to Georgia College next year. Um, so pretty exciting. Kyle, I didn't forget about you, buddy. Hey guys, uh, my name is Kyle Howard and I was a part of the Roswell Student Ministry when I was in high school. I was, um, I was just hanging around um, in high school and I knew of Mary Stevens and um, her and I had a couple of mutual friends and uh, she asked me one day if I wanted to go to her uh, student ministry that she was um, attending at um, Roswell United Methodist, and I was in, in, and I was, I was curious. I was, um, I was into church a little uh, before she asked me. Uh, similar to Chad, my family uh, really only went to church uh, ever so often, you know, because we were busy. But uh, Mary kind of gave me that chance to kind of see uh, what uh, youth ministry was all about. And once I found out about the Dodd and everything like that, I was super excited. I never experienced any anything like that. And um, from Mary just giving me that chance and providing me an opportunity to just come and visit that one day, um, I really enjoyed it uh, when I first came. And uh, the ministry and 
um, being a part of it really um, allowed me to experience a lot of different things that they had to offer. So just like Charlie, I had a chance to uh, sing. I was a part of the uh, youth choir there um, under uh, Cheryl Rogers, and that was um, a ton of fun. And um, luckily my senior year, I had the chance to um, become a mentee of Eric Stevens and going through that program together and having someone in the church that I could talk to on a personal level and just, um, and just have a really close relationship with really helped me as an individual um, with my relationship with the Lord. I um, There were some times where uh, I only went to the Dodd for choir during the part of my life, um, during a time, time there, because I really wasn't sure of where um, this ministry fit into my life. And after spending some time worshiping and really allowing the music to move me, I, I realized that I wanted to um kind of live for something bigger and allow this church to have more um a larger influence on my life so because of that i ended up giving my life to christ uh, back in february um i think of my senior year of high school so like february of 2016 it was like right after a um a little tour we took with the choir and that was that was really influential for me just because not only was i able to worship in the name of the lord but because of that um, because of me being able to worship and sing with all of those um, groups of people, it just allowed me um, just to open up and it allowed me to give my life to Christ back then. So that's, um, that's kind of the, uh, my story. So, yeah. I have a lot of questions. A lot of times people come up to me, especially people who are 25 and they, why in the world would you get involved with you? Why would you go and do that? Um, and one of my absolute go-to sayings is, is seeing students encounter God. Uh, to be able to have that foundation at an early age is what sets precedent for a lot of us, I think, here in this room, to have faith and to be, be able to mature and grow and, and to see over 30 salvations over AYL weekend made the whole thing work. Um, to see all the setup and prep and logistics and how much effort that went into that weekend a couple of weeks ago. And they hadn't had a big opportunity like that to go and accept Christ for the first time and to be able to see so many people accept Christ for the first time and see it so young. It just makes it all worth it. Um, so like going back to our memory, a lot of foundations and precedents were set. Um, going into college, I didn't know why I was going there. Um, and Kyle can kind of shake his head in agreement, but George Southern can get a little bit wild sometimes. And I always take away from the fact, I don't know where I would be today without Ross Student Ministry kind of pouring into my life and having so many good stewards of that faith and having so many good memories of how God has moved in some of those interactions and where I found some of my best friends. Um, so kind of want to go around with some of y'all. What would be your favorite memory growing up from youth group? Can kind of get a little bit nostalgic, whether it's a God thing, whether it was a crazy mission trip that we totally never got in trouble for, uh, not because of the leader in the back of the room. But what was some of those moments that stuck with you for the rest of your lifetime that you'll never forget that definitely kind of changed your life and pivoted you towards living more of a godly way? Uh, I would say those experiences exactly. This opportunity to get uh, away and be in, be with the church in a service environment and where you're getting to be in that culture nonstop. Because uh, that is something that, uh, I mean, we all recognize it's as plain as the day that the culture around us is definitely not a Christ-like culture. 
you know, biblically, we understand that the world is, is far different from where we want to be. And especially when you have a student, a teenage uh, person getting away from that and immersed in a godly culture or a church culture for any period of time is uh, a tremendous experience. And it's an experience that really cannot happen in any other way. So when these kids are going to school every day, they're engaging in you know, whatever else it may be, they're in taking in the worldly culture. And, you know, as the church, as believers, we equip them and teach them. And, you know, even as adults, we fight against that. We have to push that away. Uh, but the opportunity that youth program gives through these trips to immerse themselves and be surrounded by godly uh, teachers and to just isolated away from the culture of the world uh, does create these amazing. I think that's why so many people key into vision trip experiences or AYL experiences. Um, or even just trips that are just supposed to be fun. You go down to a weekend like that, just being isolated from all the negative influences that attack, you know, not just students, but adults, but especially, and being able to not worry about that for a period of time allows them to maybe have these spiritual moments that are unique to that kind of a, and so for me, it, it holds true there. The, the mission trips that I was able to go on, when I was involved, uh, we went international with Brazil. That was an incredible experience. Uh, we did numerous uh, mission trips domestically, uh, which the, the I think so far unnamed mysterious leader in the back of the room was, was present for. Um, and uh, so those, like I said, those are all incredible experiences for that reason, immersed uh, biblical as long as- Thank you, Jesse. For me, for me, um, I really do. I know everybody's kind of saying, oh, I agree with him. That is a huge point. Uh, these trips that we go on that we're able to isolate ourselves from the rest of the world, isolate us from the issues. And I'm talking about from when I was in school and I was, and I, I think it still holds true today. I'm almost certain it holds true today too, the currents. Um, there's so much crap going on in the world, if I can say that word. Um, <laughs> there's so much going on in this world uh, that's, that's brought on in a negative light. A lot of the stuff that's being said, it's, it's being absorbed like our students because they're, they're a sponge to all the information. And it seems like the negative in the world is brought to the forefront as far as accessibility to students, accessibility to all of us, because that's what's, that's what makes the news. That's what is interesting. Um, so when we go on these trips, we go away, we go to the beach, we go to Awanata, like we're in the summer. It's a place where we can turn everything off. We can turn our, our phones off. We turn the Wi-Fi off. They're going to be upset, not them. The students, they're going to be upset because, oh, I can't, I can't get to my TikTok, Kramer has. I can't get to my Snapchat, my Instagram. Uh, they don't really do Facebook, I don't think, but I can't check my social media platform, uh, which is a really good thing. And it turns out to be a really good thing because it's, it's them shutting off from the world and it's a time for them to focus and grow closer to God. And that's exactly what happened to me when I was on these. Because there's a there's a special bond when we go on these, when we're interacting with our leaders, our, our guides through this life, and when we're able to take that time and actually sit quietly with God. Because that doesn't happen. That never happened with me very often. That is, that's something that I, I still struggle with, is taking that time to just sit alone with God. Because there's always one thing going on. There's always this that I've got to take care of. There's always this. I've got a two-year-old and a wife at home. There's always stuff with them going on. So it's it's hard to find that time now, especially in all of our busy lives, turn that off for a little bit and kind of refocus ourselves and recharge ourselves and get stronger with our faith. And I think the ministry, they do a very great job at, 
and all that. Um, so uh, when we went to Fort Puerto Rico down in St. Simons, it was confirmation in seventh grade. Fort, um, that's when I accepted Jesus, when I was on a, one of those years where I was able to shut everything off that wasn't, and that's where I came to know a really cool experience. And that's where a lot of these find, I'm so ADG. Hey, sounds like hey, yeah, thank you, thank you, yes, Jesus. All right, body to be serious, it is so hard, um, but no, that's that's a big, big talking point for me. One of my favorite trips was um, Tuscaloosa. I love the disaster relief trips, and I know I'm not really allowed to talk about this too much, but uh, we had a lot of we had a great time, we were able to help out when the Tornadoes came through Tuscaloosa a bunch of years ago. I don't remember how long it was a while, um, but we were we were in an uncomfortable situation as a as a youth group. We were just we were with these all these different groups that we didn't know who they were. Uh, we were with all these leaders. We didn't really know who they were. We had our our own group that was there. We had Shelley that was there. Who else was leader? So we had a few few good leaders, but it was an unfamiliar place. It's uh, very uncomfortable because we're surrounded by all the storm damage, these tornadoes that came through Tuscaloosa. Um, and we just, we grew so well together as a group with God. Um, one of the, one of the students, I think we were in high school when we went, but one of the students, one of the middle schoolers, uh, or one of the younger high school kids came up to us and there were these, you know, everywhere you look, there's devastation everywhere. Strip malls that are taken up. Um, the house that we specifically focused on was a trailer, trailer home. And that was just, it was blown totally off a mountain on the side of the hill or on the side of the mountain. And then as we're cleaning up this pile of debris, a student comes up and he says, look at this, this box of Christmas ornaments. Not like the ornaments that can drop and fall and everything. Like these are the fragile glass balls of ornament. And it was totally intact. Every single ornament was intact. And uh, look around here, like look at all, everything else. And for us, it was kind of like, or for me, it was like, look at God's protection with something so fragile and so delicate in a in an area that's surrounded by devastation, in a world that's surrounded by devastation and hurt and brokenness. Look at these Christmas ornaments that there are probably 12 of them in this box and not a single one of them was broken. So it's just a, one of those reminders that, you know, you go you live your day-to-day -day life. It's, it's not something that we really focus on. We don't really see it. I don't get in our, our train of thought and we keep on moving and that's that. So... A little reminders like that. That those are the, the big memories um, for me. Is Charlie certainly agree with that? I think I might take the question a little bit different approach, but for me, I don't know if it's much of one or a couple of singular events as it has been the people. Um, I think back to just over my time, the, the amount of people. I mean, I'm thinking every, while we're just talking and thinking about the people in this room and on call, they're like, okay, they're late. They, they helped me do this, or they helped me do that, or. Noah's dad was with me when I was in elementary school, up in a pour into me in kids zone, you know, serving there. And so I think all the people that have been involved that, that pour into me and others, you know, on a weekly basis, uh, multiple times a week, you know, throughout all these different events you guys have mentioned that that's what I think helped build the foundation of, okay, there are these people and these guys here that love me um, and are helping to shape me and grow me as a person. So then I have the abilities and skills to be able to go back into my school. We talk about going to the world. Um, to serve on teams at school that, you know, help bring, um, you know, Jesus into the schools uh, for different areas of life where we may not expect it. And so I think uh, it's important to think about the, the long-term effect that we can have on our students just by pouring into them and being with them. I mean, guys at this table, these, all these guys are older than me and, and have been a part of my faith journey in some shape or form, um, as well as you guys sitting out there. So I think that's, you know, 
to be able to look back and think about all these relationships that are formed and to have these godly examples of men, um, I think is serves way more in my life than any you know, singular event. So thank you for uh, those of you that have been a part of that. But that's, I guess, how my impact has been shaped. Thank you, Charlie. Um, so for me, it's, I would completely agree with the rest of the table. It's the places and the opportunities, but it's also this people as well. Um, so, you know, growing up with Kid Zone, I had when Mr. Scott was the first person I ever knew um, to leading the Kid Zone worship. And then he um, left after, you know, his amazing action figure Bible stories that he would do. Still incredible. Um, but then it was Alex Jankowski, my, one of my D group leaders. And so he saw that I was there at the worship team and he reached out to me and said, hey, I know that you're still, that you were like really involved with that worship team. Will you be more, will you be willing to continue it? And so it's, you know, the fact that I had someone there of me in, you know, fourth grade at that time, putting his faith and trust in me because he sees, you know, a spark in me. And so there's, you know, I grow older and I see all these other people. I see Jason Scott see a spark in me because um, AYL in seventh grade, I, I committed my life to Christ because it was an overcoming feeling. It, the fact that when we, you know, have an argument at school, the argument doesn't stop until the next time we see the other person. We go right to our phones, we'll continue the argument until one of us backs off. It's chaotic. It's not a very good culture at all. Um, but that's, you know, what me, my generation and I, we all live in. We live in this continuous chaos that doesn't end. And we have to find ways to either, you know, live through it or choose to be different because we want to see that better and different. Um, and it's the difficulty of, you know, everyone pulling and like pushing against you because, you know, you don't really fit in at a table if you're surrounded by people that really have different morals and ideas, ideals. Of you. And that was what made me even more interested about Jesus is the fact that he is this man, this literal child of God surrounded by thieves and crooks and prostitutes and all those things like that. And yet he still calls them friends. And so then I see that mentality of there. And so I change it, put it into school. And then we come across Walker Route. Um, mm -hmm. And that kid just, he, I saw my spark that um, was in me at my fourth grade level. And so I start pouring myself into him. Jason sees that. He sends me off to Chrysalis um, so that I can, you know, find my ministry and my calling because I've recently, you know, been heard from God for the first time and it's you know the crazy mentality that you know it's real it's there um it's the reassurance of it and so then I finally see that all and I start mentoring Walker until he gets into AYL and he commits his Christ to life as well and so then we see the continuous cycle of what this church has given the dot has given and it's not necessarily a single event for me. It's the it's the multitude of events that lead into that one point of another person being saved and added towards that family of Christ and that group. And so I find that when I look at, you know, everyone that I can think of that has impacted me, which is most of the congregation, it's powerful and it's impactful. The fact that I can name each individual event of when I first saw them and I saw that they really are as caring as loving as you know you would want them to be because they're those good people that you search for in life that you find it and so that is what really has changed my life and has shaped it um to who i want to become on so when it comes to youth group group why i want to you know for me i'm going to be a middle school special education teacher um which is a weird decision because middle school you have a lot of aggravated 
boys who have no idea what they're doing. And then you have special education, so they don't understand your basic English either. I don't understand why I do it, but it's, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, I've had teachers tell me, they're like, no, it's, you're going to, it's a death wish. I'm like, I know, but I see myself with ADD and I see myself with, you know, the chaos and I see what's come out of it. And that's all the more reason for me to do it. Um, and so I find that to be my calling. Uh, you know, I really enjoyed my relationship um, that came from my time at RUMC. I, I remember back when I would come to RUMC for rehearsal and, um, Anytime that I would arrive, I remember either my friend Lauren or my friend Mary being one of the first people to come up and talk to me, just ask me. And I always cherished little things like that. When people would come up to me and take time out of their day just to ask me how I was and how I was doing when I was, you know, when I'm dealing with the craziness that is my mind, it's, it's great. It's, it's fantastic. And cultivating those relationships and building those relationships through my, throughout my time there really helped me, especially when I uh, went off to college. And um, one relationship that to this day, I, I, I cherish still is my relationship with Eric Stevens. And um, I wouldn't be here today if it, if it weren't for him. I, uh, we started talking when I was a senior in high school and my life was weird at that time because I was living with my father for the first time uh, since my parents uh, got divorced. And it was the first time I was living with him and the first time I was living away from my mom. And that was my senior year of high school. So it was really, really, really weird for me. There was, there was some turmoil um, or at least some tension with that decision that I made, but we ultimately decided that that was the best decision. So I'm kind of, I was a little lost because I never... I wasn't, you know, to like live with my dad. It was weird. It was different. And being able to have Eric in my corner at that time, someone that I already knew, someone that I had a close relationship with, but who was also removed from my situation really helped me. And there would be some times I'd call Eric and I would say, Eric, I'm just having a really bad day. And I have no idea what, what, what I should do, what do you, do you have any advice for me or like, what should I do? And he'd go off and, and, and share a story um, from when he was my age and kind of how he, he related to me. And, and simply just the fact that Eric took the time out of his day to get to know little old me and support me. I was like, this is, you know, this is, this is, this is weird. This is different. But, you know, at the end of it, I, I really loved and cherished it because that moment taught me that taking time and pouring goodness and pouring joy into someone else's life will always be a benefit. And luckily I took that and applied that to my life in college. And I believe that really, really set me up for success today. I had the opportunity to serve on the uh, leadership team for this campus ministry called the Wesley Foundation uh, down at Georgia Southern. And I really enjoyed the relationships that I built there. Uh, but it came to a time where that team was not a good fit for me anymore. And after I saw, personally, after I saw my, um, I guess, I don't know what, to, uh, basically my accountability partner, after I saw him leave and kind of take that step out, I kind of thought about my place here. And I was, and I decided, and I found out that it just wasn't a good fit for me. So after that, I decided to um, rush Five Mile Off the Symphonia, it's a music fraternity. And I knew that 
I would not benefit from this relationship with these men if I didn't pour myself into these men. They know me as Kyle and we've had conversations about, about my faith. However, I know that what I brought to them came from my relationship with the Lord. And it all goes back to my personal relationship with the Lord. And I'm very blessed by the fact that I was able to discover that relationship with the Lord during my time at RUMC, because I wouldn't be here if it weren't for that. There have been a lot of times where I felt very alone, very by myself, very isolated, but I always found myself talking to the Lord when I had no idea what else, when I'm, um, when I'm met with like this void of uncertainty, I'm always returning to, to the Lord. And I know that's from my personal relationship and that relationship, that idea of my relationship with the Lord came from my time at RUMC and I will forever, forever. Yeah. We kind of get a recognizing theme of it wasn't specifically an event that kind of changed a lot of these lives. Like there was a lot of people who poured and invested. Um, when I have students come up and they say, Trip, tell me a memory about when you were in youth. I always love to bring them up the room upstairs in the Dodd, our upper room, where every time a high school senior is about to graduate, which Noah is about to do here in a couple months, you go and put your handprints up on the wall and they go back all the way to the 90s. So I'll start pointing at handprints going all the way back from people like Ryan Morrow and Jake Johnson, and I know her name is Ann Henry, but she's always going to be Ann Kramer to me. And people even all the way back to maybe Jesse knows Faulty, right? Like, so there were people that encapsulated, I think, in our lives and put such a marking there that God cannot take. Um, it is cool. It is an amazing experience. It's one, see leaders pour into students about telling about Jesus, but that almost happens naturally. Um, when you start to become an upperclassman in high school, you kind of get to see some of those students start to disciple the younger student in middle school and how there's this natural process of like, hey, God really changed my life. Here's where I can share it to them and make sure they're off on a good run before I have to go and graduate. Um, so a lot of core values that we try to land off of in youth ministry, discipleship, evangelism, and worship. And discipleship is a really good introduction to kind of get some of those other things. Um, to be able to see people mark our lives in that way is just incredible. To see God move in such incredible ways, even after all this time that we have been a part of these group, it never ceases to amaze me how God moves in a different way, um, even through all the AYLs that we've been doing since 95. Um, so kind of landing on our last point, a lot of us um, look back at some of the problems and situations and struggles that we had in our lives and we're like, man, that was pretty... That was way easier than what I thought at the time. So if we could go back maybe to our high school, middle school years, when we were struggling, when we had things going on that were hard for us at the time and that God was trying to take us through in some of those areas, what advice would you give to your high school or middle school self during some of those situations? And was it a specific person or did someone give incredibly guidance from God in those moments that really kind of marked you, you knew you could be secure in some of those moments. Hey Trip, do you mind if I, I start with that? Yeah. Sorry to kind of like jump the line. Um, but if I were to talk to myself, I would have to say to Kyle, hey bud, it's gonna be all right. <laughs> it's gonna be all right. You just gotta have, you just gotta have faith yourself in the Lord, in your family, with all the people around you, you just have to. Have. I, um, from the Kyle that I was in high school, Oh my gosh, I, it just feels 
we're leaps and bounds different from each other, but we're also the same person. <laughs> I find myself getting back into things that I were that I was previously interested in high school, like right now in my life since I just graduated college. And it's kind of weird. I've been, you know, actually kind of looking back at myself these past couple of months. And it's kind of weird. However, I would definitely tell myself to have more faith and just to believe a little bit more. Uh, I'm very susceptible to kind of giving up when things get tough. And that's just, that's a fault of mine. That's just kind of how it is. Uh, just because I felt like I've always been fighting my whole entire life and I'm always kind of met with some adversity in my life, but definitely uh, just keeping the faith both in myself and within the Lord, because without that, for me, there's nothing. I, I wouldn't be here if I didn't have faith. So, yeah. All right. Um, for me, I'm still in my high school years, but I know within the past year, um, I've definitely, like, my maturity has changed completely. Um, junior year, I was still, you know, full of adrenaline and whatever for everything bouncing off the walls of sugar. But um, my advice I'd give to my younger self would just be, like, I agree, have faith with it. And also don't, because hiding is a way of, you know, throwing your hands up in the air saying, if I don't look at it, if I don't see it, it's not there. Um, and, you know, through middle school, I was always that, you know, church outgoing leader. Um, there wasn't a day I didn't say the word Jesus Christ um, in a good way, not a bad way. <laughs> but um, I always wanted to share that because I always, I still find the happiness and unending joy that Jesus gives me whenever people would ask me why I have so much energy, why I'm always crazy with it. My response is, I run off the pure love of Jesus Christ. It never ends. Um, and so it's repeating that there, but it's at the same time, people don't. There are hundreds of people at the schools that see me as, you know, that Christian kid, that Christian boy, and that's his group. That's, you know, who he fits with. And the fact that people don't want to be labeled as that. So they try whenever you have two personalities, when you are here and when you're at school, your personality at school is completely different. You're tough. You don't show those emotions there. Um, you have to stick with, you know, sports and the guys that, you know, you cannot stray away from that. It's a defined line with it. And I, I never liked that. I wasn't able to do that. I can't, I couldn't hide the emotions with it. I would get excited or if someone would hit me, I would cry at times because they don't understand me. And so they would um, make comments about me, um, you know, mislabel me as different things because, you know, I'm shown as this perfect child, this teacher's pet, mama's boy and everything like there. But when I start looking for college and looking future and I start to think of like, this sucks right now, I can't live in this present or else it's gonna tear me apart. I start looking at my future and I start looking at what I'm half, what I can do and I find the special needs kids there and I see how I can analyze how they think and how they work. And I'm able to teach them the same way that they can understand. And I'm able to translate that. And so it's the part where you really have nothing, no idea of what's gonna happen right now. You have no idea of what's gonna happen tomorrow with it, but all you can do is have faith with it. And you can be hopeful in knowing the fact that you have your future set because you have God on your side and you have, you know who you are and who you want to be. Um, and so while people will still, you know, try to tear me down with it, I, I don't let it get to me because I find, you know, who I am. I know 
my future and I have it set and I know exactly, you know, I have people already reached, re have reached out to me for it. Um, and, you know, it's not out of jealousy or trying to make them envy me or things like there. It's out of who I want to be and who I want to accomplish and who I want to be seen in the eyes of God and those who mentored me. And so it's just to have faith and know that it is good. Hey guys, before we get to Charlie, uh, I just wanted to say thanks for having me. I got a jet off to work this morning, but again, thank you guys so much for having me this morning and I hope all of y'all have a great and wonderful day. Appreciate you being here, Kyle. Thanks, Kyle. It's good seeing you. You'd have thought uh, Noah and I rehearsed my answer, but we did not. We did not speak ahead of time. But I think I have two pieces of advice I would give myself. And one's kind of what you were hitting at, which was don't play the comparison game. I think it's so hard. And I think in all I'm learning now, I think it continues throughout all parts of our life, maybe. But I think especially when you're a student in school, that is the easiest trap to fall into where you just are looking constantly around to see, all right, how do I fit in with that group? How do I fit in with this? And uh, I think I maybe struggle with that some to where it's just not being myself or uh, trying to just as a people pleaser, I think is part of my nature and so just to not uh, balance that, but to instead, you know, focus on the uh, word of God instead and, and uh, building my relationship with Christ as opposed to just playing the comparison game with others. And I think the second part of what I would say, which I actually picked up from uh, AYL maybe last year, Darren, was that last year? And I was just uh, not, you know, I was a student serving on the tech team, but um, he said how important it was, he was telling the students how important it was to make sure you have your people surrounded to you that are going to lift you up. And he talked about how important, if this is a row of uh, the people that influence on your life, um, these two chairs or these three chairs are the most important people to have on either side of you because they are going to steer your ship and influence your ship about where you're, where you're heading is. And that, and that illustration really sat with me. He had chairs up on stage just like this and, kind of, and explained that that they are going to control the influence of where you're heading. And so to make sure that you pick the people that you want in these chairs, they're going to take you where you want to go. And I think that's just a critical piece of advice that you were just always uh, kind of thinking about and monitoring who are sitting in these chairs um, to make sure that you're headed where you want to be. So there's so much advice that I wish I could give my younger self. Um, <laughs> the A big thing for me that hasn't already been said would honestly be to not get discouraged when you're going through turmoil in your life. When things are all falling apart, keep your head up. Keep, like Kyle was saying, keep the faith. Uh, it's going to be okay. And for me, that's something that I fell into that trap where I, I just got so discouraged. Um, I had, you know, my great mentors, my leaders surrounding me, my friends, my peers, everybody um, that really helped me out. But I started believing that I wasn't good enough for God or I'm, I'm struggling. My friends are struggling. So everything's just going down the down the tank and it was it was hard as a eighth grade boy as a ninth grade boy your friends are changing their friend groups that sometimes we you know as a ninth grade boy i didn't think church people really associated with but people change and people try different things and for me that was that was discouraging um come to find out it, it took me to a place where it was hard to be and I questioned God why it took me there, and I didn't know why I was in that spot for two years. I never turned on God, but I sure questioned why he situation. And looking back on it now, it's very clear that God puts us in certain situations. God puts us in certain situations, puts certain difficulties in our lives, so that way we can, or my opinion, so that way we can help other people get through their similar situation. For some folks, it might be something financial. For some folks, it might be depression. For some, it might be suicide. It might be a number of things it might be envy it might be lust but god you know we're we're in these different situations um so we're able to help somebody else out later on through their life um a little quick i know trip's gonna make fun of me because i tell uh, 
so uh, one thing for for me, my wife, we've been married for how many three years? <laughs> but when she was when she was nineteen, she was diagnosed with a with a breast cancer, and it was a a rare form of breast cancer. It was one that chemo radiation doesn't really touch. Um, so she talks to me one night, and she's like, "Well, a bunch of nights, but about this." She says, "Why? Why am I going through this? What is? Like, I don't see why." me I, I grew up going through the church why am i why do i have this sickness why do i have this illness with me and we prayed about it we prayed for guidance and and just a clear mind and that next weekend another um there's this girl that we went to high school with she was a year younger than us she reached out to emma because um she also had a breast cancer a, a breast cancer that she was dealing with um, which she was at the time 18 or so, uh, maybe she was 19. But it was it was something where we're in the situation and we don't know how to get out of it. We question God about it. Well, why are we where we're at if we grew up going through the church? If we did everything right, we checked all the boxes because in my little mind, that's what I thought. You know, you check all the boxes, everything's going to be okay. And there aren't going to be any issues. And God was very clear uh, after a little bit of time because it was in God's time and not mine that he led us through these murky waters to be able to help somebody else out. And that's, that's the way that I, I see it. That's what gives me hope. That's what gives me the courage to continue to lean on God and to trust God and to know that everything is going to be okay. Having that faith that everything's going to be okay. Um, so if there's any, anything that I can tell my younger self is, is stay encouraged. Don't, don't be discouraged by the hard times that you're going through now because it's going to, to flourish and, and turn into something so great. And the potential that you have to help in the future is gonna be phenomenal. Uh, I'm gonna flip the question around real quick because it, uh, for me as well, has been quite some time since I've been uh, a student age person, but I want to really quick talk about something that I've observed uh, coming from our students, which is a struggle that uh, may not be necessarily on the emotional side, but it's something um, that right now especially in our culture, in our students, the culture is super accepting of the fact that, you know, religion and Christianity and faith, that's for your heart. That makes, you know, that makes me feel good. And, you know, I'm going to do that, but it's not for your mind. Like no serious smart person is. And, you know, that's something that is deep in our culture and it affects our students. And there is a, there is a struggle with a lot of our students where they don't ask the hard questions because they think there is no good answer. Uh, you know, they, they worry that what they believe feels good and they've had these experiences, they've been on the trips, they've, you know, had the heartwarming moments, but if they really probe into uh, why they believe it or they ask biblical questions, that there's not going to be a serious good answer. It's just going to be, well, you have to have faith. And one of the things that I've realized growing up and becoming more serious in my faith and, and studying more is that there are good answers, there are serious answers, there are mindful answers out there. And so that's something that uh, for us as a church uh, should be is, you know, that's a, a field ripe for the harvest is our students are dying for mindful answers to difficult questions that the culture is telling them those answers just don't exist. Christianity is just a religion of, of faith and, you know, just putting it out there on a limb. Uh, but we know that's not necessarily true, that there are good answers, there are serious answers, and our students are grasping for them. Uh, it's a very rewarding ministry tool to provide them. Absolutely. Um, one of the reasons we wanted to share some of these stories and tell you about the is that 
Y'all have been a part of this process every step of the way. A healthy youth ministry is not going to thrive without a healthy church. Um, everything that is revolved around here, and I know we have our separate building and have been over there the whole time. Unless we have incredible men, women in the church who believe God and to follow and pursue all of their life, none of this happens. Um, so we are asked to plant seeds. It is a privilege and an honor to see them. So some of these stories don't come out until way later when we graduate and don't make it back to some of the church community. But I just want to say on the behalf of you, thank you. Thank you for what y'all are doing and how inspired you are by God and pursuing him with all your knowledge. Everything possible, the staff team, whether it's setting up other church ministries and stuff like that, none of it could ever be. It's not it's a sales pitch to go and get, hey, volunteers. Um, but there are small, incredibly important parts that y'all play and a part of this. Something I just kind of wanted to leave off on is I have a lot of people also coming and say, hey, Gen Zers, they're not for, um, they don't want to come back to the church. They don't, they welcome a place for them. Um, and it was something that was on our heart this year, coming into one of our biggest events of the year, AYL. And we had a, our theme verse, 1 Peter 5, 10, the God of all grace who called you eternal glory in Christ after you've suffered a little while will himself restore you strong, firm, and steadfast. Not only is it a fact upon them to make sure they have a foundation in Jesus, I want to make sure they're in a part of a healthy church. So they know what that looks like when they graduate and they grow up and they have to go find They realize coming from here, hey, this is what looks healthy in their facts. This is where I can be accountable to the other and people that are around. Here's where I can come. So I just I just didn't want to leave without saying thank y'all for how much you are part of play. Thank you guys for being here this morning. You know, I'm just amazed. I'm looking out at this, looking out at this room. This is not working for me, if you don't mind. Is that working any better? Yeah, a little bit. Thank you. Uh, I look out in this room and I think of about the men who have poured into other men. Um, what Kyle didn't say uh, was that because some men poured barbershop into me, not knowing any better, I poured a little barbershop into him. And he is now a member of the Georgia Southern Quartet and has continued that on after college. And I see the relationships that it creates. You never know when you're lighting that spark that's just going to keep somebody going. And sometimes when everything's not working right in his life, he sings. And God speaks to him when he sings. Um, God finds a way to speak to us. Sometimes we have to be a little quieter to listen. But boy, does he look for ways to speak to us. And I'm so grateful to see these guys up here this morning showing you different ways that God has spoken to them. And you need to know that they're on, all these guys are involved in the youth program every week. It's inspiring. Many of the dads that are in this room have kids that they send over there knowing this is the kind of treatment that they're getting. It is a marvelous, marvelous thing. So I am grateful that, you know, my internal subject line for this this week was Dodd does good. And it comes in a lot of different shapes and sizes, but um, I'm grateful everybody can be here this morning. Um, I'm going to close this out in a word of prayer unless one of you wants to volunteer. Can't do it in those guys. It's a national day of prayer, right? It is. It is a national day of prayer, and there's a story about it. Go ahead, Trip. Heavenly Father, we love you so much. Breath a second have you. God, as we look around, see what incredible you have blessed us. Let us not take as we're can be frustrated by day-to-day activities, stressful things and relationships that we have going on. We see you that you were here ever since. God is we have set a foundation. We have been a part of this for us. It has blessed us. And let it later on that we're being poor in that way a church can build and grow itself and that they can have something. We're so thankful for all the who are such an all of God said. Amen. Amen. Amen.